tierra donde todos somos como hermanos, así es Medellín. Medellín, flor de primavera, eres la primera, lo puedo decir. Folks, uh, this is a Sunday here. We're gathered today um, for the Lingaholics podcast, episode 12, a dozen, a dozen uh, pods here. Uh, we got four different locations, three different time zones. So me, myself right now, I'm uh, currently hanging out in my classroom. I got a boatload of marking to do after today uh it's pretty nice early morning a.m though nice day here in strathmore alberta and yeah we got a we got a cool guest but i'm not going to introduce him uh because he's one of our other um podcast co-host friends so uh where do you want to go do you want to jump ahead in time or stay in this time zone let's go to, let's go to barcelona Okay, okay, let's, go to Bar- let's go to utc plus till oh right yeah yeah <laughs> forgot about that oh yeah it's, it's- the- the Polygon conference conference is happening, and again here soon. I might be learning that time zone again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be sick. Uh, give me the details on that. That'd be fun yeah, to yeah, participate yeah. again. But no, everything's good in Bar- in Barcelona right now. Uh, I've been going hard at Catalan recently, yeah. so I'm, I'm really I'm really excited about that. So I had my my second Italki Catalan class this morning. Just today, right? Which one? Yeah, yeah, the second one. And I actually have another italki class tonight, but it's in it's in Castellano. Oh, in Castellano. So I'm so I'm honing my my Castellano here. Man. So Dude. it's it's yeah, so I'm excited about that. So I'm going hard. I've been going hard recently. I've been doing a little bit of Portuguese as well and a little bit of French. So so I'm currently juggling four or five romance languages. man. Romance, <laughs> romance baby. Romance baby. Otherwise, yeah, things are good here in Barcelona. Um they're playing Barça. They're playing Seville, Sevilla. Oh, for soccer. So yeah, for for foot. Uh, okay. So I'm probably gonna watch that game after my italki class as well. So, so things are good here. Oh. So I'm, with that being said, I'm gonna throw it back to UTC plus, plus minus six. Minus six. UTC minus six. <laughs> minus six. <laughs> Represent. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, for me things are going well. Um, I'm calling here from from Cochrane, Alberta, baby. Cochrane. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. The past week has been has been pretty good. Uh, not much to not too much to report from my side. So um, I guess we'll we'll get into our guest. So yeah. um, he is Ooh, my yeah. former coworker and roommate in China. Actually, it's funny. Like oh. just looking at his background, <laughs> getting a bit of nostalgia from from living there. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I guess I'll throw it over to you, Nick. So you want to introduce yourself and uh, tell us about a bit about what you're doing? Sure, happily. Yes, Cody, is, remember the, how comfortable. Pardon? You remember how comfortable this sofa? Oh my God! Yeah. Oh, that's your place. Yeah. <laughs> that's where you lived, Cody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I've enjoyed. Yeah, I've enjoyed having this place to myself. For I'll introduce myself. So, um, <laughs> before I before I start talking about that, uh, um, I'm from the UK. Name's Nick, uh, obviously, and Joe podcast. He sent me an episode and enjoyed listening to that. Um, Nick, can I just pause yeah. you real quick? Is there anything yeah. you could do you think to improve your internet connection? Yeah, um good question i'll uh i'll look into it am i breaking up a bit 
Yeah, you're breaking up bit. a bit. Like, a if bit. do you have like other devices that are connected to your Wi-Fi, like your your phone or something, or like browsers that are taking up bandwidth? I came out. I've just given it a bump there. It went back to Wi-Fi. I'm going back with a cable connection now. So let me know if that's better. Okay, this sounds better right now. Yeah, now it sounds good. Keep keep. <laughs> keep talking about so right. cool. yeah, yeah, so yeah so that's it uh, i pretty much said all i was gonna say like the, the initial introduction but if you didn't catch that i can uh, i can repeat it <laughs> so, so i guess i guess just to, to recap you're 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 doing the same thing as cody did uh, you're, you're i am teaching... yeah working in the same school right so you're, you're teaching english to to who exactly to um Kids between the age of three to like 14, 15, but mostly, mostly younger kids. So what they call the training center out here. Okay. Um, so it's where the kids go, where the kids go outside of school hours for like extra, extra English training. So that's how important it is in China. <laughs> your, your connection is great now. So whatever you did, it yeah, worked. Really good. <laughs> it's really good. Really okay. Good. Cool. good yeah. So, I'm glad, I'm so glad I, you told me because the cable, the cable had come loose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you said this or not, but how long have you been there? Uh, almost two years now. Two years. Yeah, right at the beginning of, beginning of last year. So yeah, almost two year anniversary. But so Cody was there before yeah, right? He was, yeah. He was already yeah, there. Yeah, I remember, I remember and, when uh, Nick was a new guy. <laughs> okay. And when did, <laughs> yeah. Nick, when did you come with respect to when Cody was there? Uh, so I came in January 2019, and then I think Cody had already been there for at least at least a year, right? Yeah. I so in January 19 or January 2019, I was uh, just getting ready to to go home. Yeah, okay. yeah. Like a couple of months later, we had a, he had a big leaving party. I remember that. That was that was good fun. And yeah. um, six months later, we were back in the same bar. <laughs> 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 yeah. Didn't What's see that one coming, again? but it happened. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Which city? Young Joe. Young Joe. Okay. Young Joe. And that's Young that's Joe. the closest, yeah. the other closest big city is Shanghai, right? Nanjing. Yeah. Nanjing. Yeah, Nanjing's okay. also a major one. Yeah, it's a little bit closer. But but Cody, you said you flew to Shanghai. Uh no, I so <laughs> it's kind of funny. There's several ways to get to Shanghai. I, I've done like all I've done all possible uh, methods of getting to Shanghai other than maybe like bicycling or walking, but <laughs> uh, you can take the, you can take the, the high speed train and it's kind of a pain in the ass though. When you, when you are trying to get in and out of Yangzhou because there's no high speed train that directly goes out of Yangzhou. So you need to take what they call a black cab, which is just basically kind of just like a, a car that you schedule. And you have to go to the city across the river, which is called Zhangjiang. And then you take uh, the high-speed train from there to Shanghai. Or you can take uh, a taxi from Shanghai to Yangzhou, which is about a three-hour drive. And um, uh, I've also, my friend, uh, my friend drove me from the Shanghai airport to Yangzhou once. And um, also, uh, yeah, you can also fly flying isn't very popular though because it's just like the same as like flying from edmonton to calgary like like why would you do that yeah i think the the yangjo airport's about like a million miles out of town like i haven't even thought about it 
Oh. Yeah, it's actually it actually shares um, the airport is shared with another city. It's shared with the city of Taizhou. So and it's like directly in between the two cities. So it's like, yeah, it, it, if you want to do like domestic flights to um, other places in China, it's actually not a bad option. I actually did that several times. Like, for example, when I went to Xi'an, I took um, I took the plane out of Yangzhou and that was actually the, the most convenient option. Cool. Yeah. Sounds like, sounds like quite the process to get mm-hmm. from point A to point B there. Yeah. But but I'm a big fan of Yeah, keep going. But basically it's in a it's in a region of China where it's it's well situated. If you zoom out, it's just like there's loads of cities not so far away. It's just like, yeah, it's just like if you want to get a train directly, you might have to like take a cab first from the station, but it's not a big deal really. It's um, there's still so many cool places, so many cool cities like not far from here, like Suzhou and um, Changzhou, and like on the way to Shanghai. So it's actually it's pretty cool part of China to be in because China's so massive. You just like uh, you know, yeah, on the on the on the big map, it's actually like there's loads of things nearby. You know, just nearby for like China terms. You know? Similar to Canada, yeah. though, you know, it's a few yeah, hours exactly. away and it's like it's close. So, <laughs> so Nick, my question to you is: before before you went to China. Have you been traveling a lot? Um, so, so before I went to China, yeah, I mean, I've been in, I've had like kind of like stints in different countries. So um, the last exciting chapter, I guess I'd had before then was Brazil, which was um, 2017 to 18. And then I was home after that for a while, figuring out what I wanted to do next. And that's when, that's when China came about. So yeah, I'd been in South America for a good while. Um, before I came back to the UK for a period and then moved on to China. So yeah, you could call it traveling, but uh, for me, it's more like I just lived there and, and worked and did my thing. And um, uh, yeah, you probably know how it is. Um, Marcus, if you were there, like it's not too many people are actually there formally, you know, by that, I mean, legally, basically in terms of like working, it's not like when you come here, you, you get your job sorted before you go and everything in South America is the sort of place where you go, yeah. You work formally or informally and you can yeah. find a way to stay for a while. But if you yeah. want to stay for a long time, then yeah, you do have to be serious about it. So that's why. It was yeah. Only- basically what you do in South and Central America is yeah. that you go there and you basically just work like yeah. completely illegally. And then every time your visa runs out, you just hop the border back and forth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's that simple. It's that simple. It's got a little bit harder, but you know, because so many people did that. But still, basically, just they the whole care. system there is. Yeah, more people don't <laughs> care don't than care. care. You know, yeah. So Sometimes you have works, a problem with a with the immigration officer, then you just have to go back and stay another day, and then come back, and then there's going to be some other guy there who doesn't care. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. well, that's what people do. And, and you don't even need a visa to start your own company. Like I, I know a couple of Americans down in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. They just moved down there and started their own, their own company. You don't even need to have like a residency. Oh, that's or interesting. You can, you, you can start a company on a tour. Oh visa. my god! Because <laughs> yeah, I was looking at that option in Colombia when I was going to do a business there, and I, I knew that there was a business owner visa, and I knew what the requirements were. But it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't quite as simple as that. Maybe Costa Rica's the place yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Colombia's probably a little bit more complicated. Yeah. What business were you thinking of doing? Well, it was um, something we had going for a while, which, I mean, I rich, originally came back to Colombia, having been uh, my first time back in 2012, when I was a, when I was a younger backpacker. <laughs> and, uh, after, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I came back, I had a sort of not a, a semi-serious plan to get a business going. I was inspired by this thing that a, a friend of a friend did in Poland, where he he had a lot of clients there that were actually like quite sort of um, fairly prestigious people in Poland. They were like politicians, and they were his clients for like English. And they, it was, it, it came from them actually. They suggested, well, we we can go to a beautiful like hotel in the countryside for a whole weekend and you get a load of native English speakers to come with us. And we have this like intensive English weekend where we do a load of activities and also just chill and, and talk to these different people from around the world. And I went in as a volunteer on that. I was working in London at the time. I went over to Poland for a weekend and met some great people there. And it was a great thing. And I was talking to a guy there who, um, had started his own business and was doing really well. And I was saying, oh, I've kind of like, I'm working in London, I'm kind of bored. I feel like I want to go back to South America. I had such a great time there. And I taught English for a bit and I kind of want to go back to that. And, oh, you could do this in Colombia. They've got all these amazing, like what they call fincas in um, these country houses. Mm-hmm. You would know about Marcus and like Medellin. You bet. I thought, oh, this, this would be a great business idea. And you know, again, there's so many like um, native English speakers there now. There's, there's always been a lot of Americans. So there's a lot of Brits. There's a lot of... English speakers from different parts of Europe and then plenty of Colombians who want to learn and want to interact with, with native English speakers. So um, that was kind of the dream in the mind. And there was um, a guy called Barizio that I had met my first time there and was still in touch with. He was kind of an, an entrepreneur, I guess he had his, he had his own sort of business and he did web development as well. So we started doing like a sort of conversation club because he had this Airbnb house with a beautiful terrace and it was a perfect spot for socials. And that, that was like a party house. It was a great place to live. <laughs> could talk about that after, but um, we started this kind of conversation club. It was um, talking about the place where I lived. Was, was, like, you said, was that in Colombia? Yeah. 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 But where, whereabouts? Uh, it was in, in Medellin, in uh, La Vélez. Yep. And yeah, it was just a really, it was a really good house. Like it was in such a great spot. There's this beautiful terrace. So we had frequent sort of like parties or socials, we would call it like on the, on the top of there. And it was just a great spot to, to start trying to get this business idea rolling of, you know, getting, getting uh, some locals together with um, foreign foreigners who could um, teach them English and sort of practice like these, different things we could do and then eventually think we could turn it into more of a real business and in the end the third guy came in and we ended up making a website and connecting native teachers to students directly um and that went on that went on for a couple of years and when i left columbia i was still doing business via whatsapp it just didn't become formal because as the, the long story short my partners weren't as into it as i was so um my my visa time ran out. I couldn't be a tourist any longer. I couldn't pretend to be a student any longer. <laughs> I was teaching at this school. <laughs> I've managed to be two years on the, you know, those visas. So it was like, okay, then I left. But um, yeah, that was, um, it was good. It was just a simple middleman business, you know, and it was working well there. And once we got a bit of connections and we've been there for a while, people started to come to us rather than us having to look for them all the time. And right. We just had a simple website. We had a Facebook page. We did a couple of YouTube videos. Um, but yeah, as I said, my partners, they weren't quite as willing to push for it as much as I was, you know, I was willing to put money into it to register it properly. So, okay. It was an experience. Um, but yeah, really good memories. Yeah. Oh, what do you got there, Marcus? What's the listener? What do you got? You said you lived in Laureles. I did. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's where the stadium is, right? Yep. Yeah. Is that Pablo's <laughs> stadium? That, that's uh, Atletico <laughs> Nacional's jersey. That's I, Pablo's I would. If you're holding Pablo. up a green and white striped jersey, like I'm, I'm, I don't think my connection's good enough to, to s- I can just see your frozen picture. Oh. But I've got, I've got a jersey right here. <laughs> so, Marcus, what jersey is that again? So this is Atletico Nacional. Okay. This is the big, there's, there's two um, soccer or football clubs in, in Medellin. There's Atletico Nacional. And then there's one more. Their colors are red and blue, but I don't remember their name. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, Nick, or not. But they, they play, no, they, no their, stadium, their stadium is in Laureles, which is a barrio in Medellin, okay. where Nick lives. Yeah. With the coolest uh, street, La Setenta, which was my first time in Colombia. I lived in a, a house just off that street. And when I came back, like, what, four or five years later, I just, I had to be in that area again because I just loved it so much. And, yeah. Wait, where were you, of, Setenta? Yeah, well, literally pretty much just off it, yeah. Like, really close to La Setenta, yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at the map right now. So you're, <laughs> oh, damn, so you were super close to... Yeah, I love that. Estadio, Estadio... Atanas, Atanasio Giradot, Giradot yeah, whatever it's called. That's the, one. But the, 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 the place there. But that, that's pretty close to Comuna 13, too, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's um, actually, I've got a thing on the wall, which I should have, should have brought out here, but um, that from Comuna 13, like the last time I went, like a really cool little sort of painting on it. Um, so, so, guys, yeah. Comuna 13 is like, it used, it's a neighborhood that's like up on the hill. Uh-huh. Um, and it used to be really sketchy. It's his barrio that used to be a really sketchy part of Colombia. Okay. But then after, after, I don't know, in the 90s or 2000, I don't know, relatively recently, they, yeah. they uh, gentrified it. They made it really nice. So the, the city went in and, and invested in it and made it really, really nice. So now there's, there's murals all over the place and they, oh, okay. they installed these elevators that are super yeah. iconic that go up the hillside, like up the barrio so oh, it's, wow. it's super it's super favela style like it looks like a favela yeah. you can picture yourself a favela but it's super gentrified super nice a bunch of murals everywhere super touristic and then there's these elevators that go up the favela like up yeah. the hillside so these random elevators in the middle of these this hill you know just right tumble, like, shanty town. right and then yeah, there's yeah, a bunch it's of cool. street like, yeah. performers and 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 food and mm. you know because lots of they barrios really are good. steep, right? Like, that you need yeah. those elevators? Yeah, okay. Yeah, they are. They're really steep there. But then um, they do a lot of things for the community, like, at the top there. I think that was the idea where they thought, well, let's let's bring tourists here so they can, um, at the top, they can get involved with some of the people in the community and help out a bit. And, um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's really cool. Yeah, really for, cool for example, there's this outdoor gym up there that I remember. I went there to work out. It's really cool. It's positioned on top of, like, everything, like, as yeah. you get up to the top. And it has a view over the entire valley. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's valley. amazing. Dude, and, that's... and it's sick. That must be everywhere. I miss... I miss the outdoor gyms in Medellin. Yeah, that yeah. Was one of my favorite things about living there. Yeah. That's such a sick city, honestly. Like it's so sick. Like their entire infrastructure system there, like how with like the the elevated train, and the yeah. you know the they have gondolas going up the hillsides. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Like they have gondolas oh, yeah. that connect to the metro. So like you swipe your metro card and you take the gondola yeah. to go up the the mountainside. Yeah, and no, it's the great. City, the city stretches up on the mountainsides as well. Yeah. So people yeah, I miss take look, the gondola I miss to work. It, yeah. 
people take the gondola to work. Can you imagine that? And I mean, that's what it was originally built for. Yeah, it was built to help the poor people and then at the same yeah. time. But they and don't, it, it, they, 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 they've like, resisted the temptation to turn it into a real tourist attraction. Like if it was in the UK or America, they would, you know, they'd yeah. be charging people more. It's a normal price if you're a tourist and you just want to ride it. Um, yes, it's like 10 because, cents. Because its main function is, yeah, its main function is to help the poor people. So it's maintained its main purpose, but other people can enjoy it as well. So it's, it's yeah, it's No, really it's, it's completely normal. It's like 10 cents. It's yeah. super cheap. It's like the same as going on the metro. Yeah. Like it's a part of the metro system. And it's, it's not like it's some sketchy gondola, like some sketchy lift. It's nice German-made, German-built ski gondola. <laughs> I didn't so know it's it was exact, German-made. It's exactly what you <laughs> would just, find at, at like a... Yeah. It's exactly what you would find at some exclusive yeah. Swiss ski resort. Yeah. Oh, it has tons of character. Good, good stuff. <laughs> Medellin yeah. has tons of character. Too much, too much character. Though. It was, it was a great place to live. Everyone says Medellin's the best city in South America. Or in Latin America. Oof, it's a big claim. <laughs> it's a big place. But it is. I, I, can, I can agree that it's um, you know, as one of the ones that I know that is yeah, a very cool place. Really enjoyed being there for a while. So Nick, these this uh, this English retreat place then was that like out more rurally or was that right in the like the city itself, like where you had this business going? Yeah, so I mean, it didn't it didn't actually develop into that in Colombia in the end because oh, okay, okay, yeah. Once the once the third partner got involved, he said, "Well, why don't you just target business people because it'd be better for you know you." you'll probably make more money that yeah, way rather than them. Um, it might've been harder to, to set up like the thing in the country. Um, so we went down that route by making a website that sort of appealed to, well, not just them. I mean, in the end, our clients were, were kind of anybody, but it was mostly the sort of um, the working people. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was basically, uh, we had a platform and then we communicated via WhatsApp and it developed into, um, that's at one point we had maybe 10, 11, 12 teachers um, associated with us. Um, and when somebody asked us, Oh, I really want to improve my English. And we'd find out about what their goals were and everything. We say, okay, we might have someone, we find out who's available. And then once I'd spoken to a teacher who was interested and the student, we'd set them up for a free trial class. If the meeting went well, then, um, then we set in place, that we agreed how much we were going to pay the teacher and how much based on how much they agreed to pay us. Um, everything was negotiated sort of individually. We had always like an ideal price in mind, um, but we just did it on a case by case basis. And then, then we'd uh, get the money in advance, pay the teacher in advance, which was big, a big deal for Columbia because <laughs> a lot of teachers would be used to, you know, being no, told they're going to be paid by a school and yeah, <laughs> yeah. waiting, waiting, waiting. So, we, we, we made the, the foreigners happy in that sense because we know how Americans and, and Brits think. And it's like, if I give you the money now, then... It's like yeah. Colombian hockey. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's just huh? a bit more laid back there, yeah, let's yeah. say, in terms of um, sometimes, sometimes things happen as they should, sometimes they don't. So, um, yeah, it was a good part of the business model, I think, to, to tell that even though it was quite strong to tell the client before they'd really got going, we want you to pay up front for a month. Um, I think yeah. the trial class, the trial class is what was the best thing that we did because then that, that would give you the trust. Look, we're not going to charge you. And the teacher agreed to go and give their time the first time um, without any money involved. Then we know, okay, if you feel like this person is going to help you and only if you feel comfortable, then, okay, now we go ahead and 
and you pay for one month and there's no commitment beyond that. And then obviously we'd check in and see how it was going. And then hopefully at the end of the month, they'd, they'd want to extend again. So yeah, we had some, we had some relationships going there for six months up to a year, even for the same teacher with the same student, but obviously teachers come and go, but that's, that's mm-hmm. fine. That's, that's almost every language school has that problem, you know, however formal it is. So yeah, I really enjoyed doing it. Like, um, I mean, I, I kind of miss hearing those voice messages on WhatsApp when someone would reach out and be like, hola, be uh, to página web, quiero mejorar mi inglés, y uh, no sé, so, you know, and they'd, they'd have all these questions, and then, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then you think, okay, just my coffee, and think about what to say to this person, and, you know, start building the relationship, and it was all through WhatsApp, so it was, you know, Making use of modern technology. So do you have Spanish pretty good while you're in Colombia? Like like your own Spanish? Yeah, like the Spanish was the main language that I I studied. So um the first foreign language I started studying was actually French, but it was only one year after that in high school when I started taking Spanish. And um let's say I fell in love with that language a little bit more than French. You know, I, I liked foreign languages. That's classic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just interesting because, you know, in my family, like my mom knew French. She'd studied German. My older brother had done French and German. So I was the first one to bring a bit of uh, Espanol into La Casa. Flair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just, even then I was 13 years old, but I'd look at the world map and look at South America and I just yeah. had it clear in my mind. Like, I want to go there. Like, uh-huh. it's just this cool, exotic. I, I imagine Brazil, probably before I knew that Brazil spoke Portuguese, not Spanish. Right. <laughs> so like, so what, ab- what about Portuguese? There. Yeah, like, um, so that came later. Like, um, I'd say my Portuguese would be at sort of low intermediate level because um, I lived in Brazil for six months, just maximized the tourist visa there. And um, I studied it sort of from Duolingo and just and one month of actual language classes before I went. But yeah, it was only really a year before I went to Brazil that I'd started with Portuguese. But because, you know, we, I'd, I'd been doing Spanish for like 10 years and we already got to a high level with that. Right. It took me about four months to sort of yeah. get over that, um, get over that mountain of confusing it with Spanish and then actually <laughs> being able to speak it, you know, without, yeah. Yeah, it's not even so much a matter of having to learn it, just a matter of not confusing it. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bit of a nightmare with I was I was starting sentences in Portuguese and finishing them in Spanish for for months. That's That's Marcus right (laughs) now. That's me right now in Catalan. It's hilarious. Right, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Totally can totally get you. So um yeah, I can't remember. I've lost a train of thought now. What we started talking about. I just I was curious. Yeah. So like your 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 Spanish, you said ten years. So what's it like learning languages? Where sorry, where in the UK are you from? London. Uh, I'm from no, I'm from North near Liverpool. Okay. And, um, that had like no no foreign influence really. Like I just I right, just had yeah. a passion. Yeah, I, right, I was okay. good at languages in school. And you just excelled like in even like grade school. Yeah. Yeah. That's, languages. That's, I did really well in um, when I started studying languages in high school. And yeah, I think when I was five years old, I went to one of my earliest holiday memories was being in Paris. So like uh, we stayed in like this, I think it might have been like the Disney resort. <laughs> and uh, we were like 1993 now or something like that. It's a crazy long time ago. And um, I was just fascinated by like 
French people like aliens. You know, when you're that young, you just think, <laughs> yeah. oh, what, what are these people? Like, what are they saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. And then um, I was just, I just wanted to know. I was just like, oh, this is, I need to speak what they speak. It is, uh-huh. there's already then, there's like, this is cool. And there's a curiosity there. Um, so yeah, I've always been a language guy. And um, the Spanish, yeah, I got to a really high level because I uh, did it at university. So my third year, I had to be in Spain. I lived in um, Alicante and Sevilla. In Alicante, uh, Marcus, the Catalan spreads as far down south as that. Um, but it's not really it's that al- strong there. It's not, right? Cause no, because it's I, south I, of I, Valencia. Exactamente. So I went to, I went to Valencia. And, and I mean, everything is in, in Catalan there. But you can't say that because it's not Catalan. It's Valencian. Um, oh, and then they right. have, yeah, yeah, because yeah, they have the like, Yes, yes, but it is Catalan, and like if you, it's <laughs> yeah. it's written the same way. It's like all the yeah. signs are in the same language, obviously, but they have some some peculiarities in terms of like what certain terminology is different. Yeah, like no, their okay. their their demonstrative pronouns are different, which is kind of weird. They use different pronouns than here. <laughs> Or something like that. It's kind of strange. This is the same in every country, don't it? Like every city has to have its own identity. Yeah. It's just like, oh, there's a uh, the Manchester. They say that we don't say that here. You know, forty miles down the road, like this. This is us. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, right. yeah, so I, I was um, well, a year abroad. That's when I learned Spanish. So it was obviously Castellano, Español, España. Que pasa, tío? Like, yeah, it's so uh, long ago now. It's like there you go. There you go. I can, when, it, when I speak to an actual like Spanish person, like then it brings it all back. Um, hey, Nick, Nick. So I got to tell you. So I learned Spanish in Latin America, right? So I yeah. have all the. I I, I speak Spanish the Latin American way. So when yeah. I came here initially, you know, I was like, ah, voy ahorita, <laughs> like <Yeah>. like <laughs> no mames. <laughs> and like everyone, everyone thought that was so funny. Like everyone was just laughing at me. Like yeah, I mean, it, I mean it's like, the same thing. Say using it, but like um, American yeah. English, British English, it's um, P- Portuguese from Brazil, from Portugal. It's it's the yeah. same. It's it's a big pond in the middle. Creates a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah for sure. Cool. So yeah, yeah, I was really familiar. I got really familiar with Spanish, like uh, Spain, and then I was when I was backpacking. I spent a whole year living in South America. It was my first time there back in 2012. I was in Peru for 10 months living in Lima. And that was one of the best experiences of my life. Then I went to Colombia after that because Peruvians said such good things about Colombia. And I had a Colombian student when I was living in Lima, who was one of the friendliest guys like I'd ever met. And they said that Colombians were especially friendly. Um, so I thought, I, I want to go there. And um, I went there for three months at the end of 2012 and lived in that house near uh, La Setenta. I went to the, national stadium got to know the colombian culture and just you know what it's like it just takes you away with like the salsa and the dancing and everything and the... it's pretty awesome what, so um, what do you think uh, what do you think about the arepas oh, i i miss my arepa with uh huevo in the morning with, exactly uh, choco- yep. chocolate i do yeah yes i mean it's not it's not the most inventive food but it's you know it's it's, it's a, does a job for breakfast, doesn't it? Yes. Can we can we <laughs> clarify for the, maybe the listeners that don't know what exactly is an arepa? Yeah, I thought they were only in Venezuela, Colombia, no, for sure. Oh, it's so oh, Venezuela yeah. and Colombia. First of all, used to be the same country. So the, the, correct, the, 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 the Gran Colombia. Yes, exactly. So so the culture is very similar. 
So you have yeah. a bunch of, first of all, right now, especially right now, there are so many uh, people from Venezuela and Colombia because yes. Colombia essentially just opened up their border and said, just come here well, and we'll take refugees, care of you. Refugees, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, not just refugees. Like a lot of people yeah, yeah, actually come and work, which I mean, like, right. is not a big deal. Normal, it's economic. essentially the same people. You see what I'm saying? Like, I met yeah. so many Valencia people from not Valencia. Venezuela. Venezuela. Isn't Venezuela. that where Venezuela, Venezuela comes Venice. from? Or no, Venice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Valencia. I don't know. I don't but, know, but but they just no. Just, it's really like similar. Engineers and and um, yes. look at that. So so I mean, what's an arepa? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, it's cornbread. To say it in two cornbread, words, yes. cornbread. <laughs> it's um, okay. I mean, if if you're arguing about where it comes from, um, uh, I reckon the Colombians would stand up and say it's from here because they they love their arepa, don't they? Yeah. Massive. Well, so here, here's food. the thing: there are a million different styles of arepas. Yeah. But it's basically it's basically like a, little, a, a cornbread that's fried. Obviously, everything's fried in Colombia. Uh, that's stuffed with something. It's either egg or it could be like chocolate, like you mm. said, but there could also be like, it could also be like, you can get like a fat arepa with, with a bunch of meats and stuff. That's the one I miss. And what was it called again? <laughs> the one that was thicker and softer? I don't know. But that, I don't, I just called it an arepa. I don't know. That. But but it's like a fat, it's almost like a... Yeah, with, <sighs> with yeah, it's kind of like a... I know, I, like, like what it what is what it reminds me of here is like a donair, but it's like a donair of a South American donair, but it's not a donair. It's made of that cornbread. If that makes sense. I just remembered it's called arepa de chocolo. Arepa de chocolo is the thick. One. Maybe that's what it's called. I don't remember. Yeah, it's a certain type of. I don't know how they made it, but they'd have it with for breakfast. They'd have it with the the Colombian style cheese on top. There was nothing special, but it's uh, yeah. kind of thick. <laughs> And um, very greasy, very greasy egg. Yeah, and oh usually with God. eggs. Um, but then they'd, they'd serve an arepa on the side with your lunch. That crispy, dry one. It would just, it would always be on the plate. It's just like it's a staple. It's a staple. Yeah, it's of, a like, staple. Yeah. Speaking of, yeah, you yo, can just get- yo. I just want to create a controversy, especially if our friend Jose is listening. Papusas or arepas? Okay, so what's the mejor? Well, I mean, like I. Pupusa is a that's a Salvadorian. Yeah, okay. that's a Salvadorian. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm I'm a man of the arepas. I was oh, just yeah? gonna say okay. I was just gonna say, uh, Nick, I was just uh, yeah. I was walking down the street here, one of the avenues the other day, and then all of a sudden I see this big fat Colombian flag, and I and I just instantly <laughs> think to myself, I just have to go there and check it out. So basically, it was a, a fat Colombian restaurant, a big Colombian restaurant. So I just went in there. I ordered uh, Club de Colombia cerveza. Oh, yeah. Sabes? Yeah. I got the, and then I got the bandeja paisa. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the bandeja paisa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The bandeja that's, paisa. Yeah, that's your, your hangover cue. Yes. And then you automatically <laughs> get a couple of arepas on the side. But then I also got, I also got, um, cassava. What's cassava called again? Another word for cassava. Um, the orange. I'm I'm blanking on it, but 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 cassava frito, fried cassava, cassava fries. Uh, that sounds great, awesome. What's what's what do they call it? I forget. I'm um, I'm I'm really bad at my fruits. Like <laughs> there, was, <laughs> there was so there was a million of them there in Colombia. Like I'd never get in. A, what do you call it? Um, 
Guayaba, guayaba juice all the time in my lunch. Guanabano. Guanabano. Guanabano was a white one, I think, wasn't it? Oh. And oh, guayaba. Guayaba is the pink one. Yuca, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about yuca fries. Ah, uh, yuca, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's only yuca yeah. fries. That's... So, uh, anyway, that was. I oh, ended that's up so Colombian. That's it, so Colombian, my friend. But it was so Colombian, yeah. <laughs> And I love yuca, it. Yuca is the dry, one of the driest foods. I mean, I, I was never into it, but it was a big thing there, wasn't it? Like, Are you serious? Fried yuca? Fried yuca, man. Like the, the yuca fries. So good. So good. Yeah. Do you, add, do you add anything to it or just eat it straight? No, you have some, some, some other salsa on it. Salsa picante. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, because it's not much, a lot of flavor. If you add stuff to it, I get it. Like, it's very satisfying. It's so good. It's so good. But they have to be the thin ones, not the thick ones. Because like, if you eat yeah. too much, you're like, oh. Well, you're, in, you're in Spain. You're, you're in Spain now. You'll have Colombian. You'll have South American culture all over the place. You know. Right. Yeah, a if lot you, of you, Latinos. Yeah. I, kind of, I miss that culture over here. So one, one thing is kind of hard to find in Young Jok. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh, speaking of that, um, do you guys mind if I switch the, the focus here a little bit to, to Please China? Please do, man. Because China. We, no we, we always end up talking about like Spanish things on the show. So. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. This is building Makes suspense sense. for China here, man. You blame us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's talking about Spanish is fun, but I mean... No, no. Um, yeah, let's let's yeah, we got it. We talked about Nick's past in, Sp- in the Spanish world. Now we gotta bring it back to China. Man. Yeah, to the to the present. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, Nick, how's your how's your Chinese learning going? You know, when you guys were the the podcast I listened to, I'm not sure which episode it was. Um, maybe the first one you were talking about. Um, there was one I heard in full, and you were talking about like you might have different names to it, but what what I call like the the golden moment, which in terms of learning a language is kind of a period of a few months, maybe that moment, but like, you know, when it's happening, uh-huh. when your brain is starting to make sense of it. And, yeah. Um, yeah. There's, I've become, I'd say with my Chinese now, I'm still, I can't call myself intermediate level, but like I'm halfway towards full conversation. now. I'm like, <laughs> my, my listening has got to a point where when I went to get my hair cut the other day, and she's asking me some questions instead of being like 80% lost. I was 20% lost. You know, it's ah, there you go. <laughs> so you're there. You're I'm like, there. <laughs> okay. And I, I picked out one keyword in a sentence and I know you're talking about my work colleagues and you're asking what they've yeah. done in a holiday. So I, I, I think you said, uh, did they go to their country? And then you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're not even sure like how to, you can't form maybe the full answer you want, but like, that's the main thing for me was the listening. I struggled so bad with that for so long. Um, but now it's like, I can sort of, you know, it's like, it's hearing it slower. I can mm-hmm. hear though. It doesn't sound like they're speaking fast anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, I, don't exactly. know, I just don't know all of the words so I can repeat back the word that I'm not sure what you said. <laughs> it's like, oh, do you want to do blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, and he says, do you want to do like, and I'm like, do you want to do Jungja? And I'm like, maybe, but what's Jungja? <laughs> Whereas before, I had, I had no idea like what the verb was. So it'd just be like, do you? Uh, uh? <laughs> what? So, yeah, it's, um, I'd say I've become, I've got some fluency now with the stuff I already know. Um, I think that's the way I'd put it. So mm. like the everyday stuff that I'm always talking about. Um, mm-hmm. I can do it without thinking too much now. And it's kind of sounding natural because I've been immersed in Chinese now for so long. Um, 
but I'm lazy when it comes to studying. So <laughs> I am. Um, yeah. That happens, yeah. No judgment. Yeah. No judgment. I haven't um, really pushed on ma- mainly because of that, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy just learning the way I like to learn, which is, um, I think if I remember rightly, it might have been, not sure if it was Ian or Mark, it's some of this, my, my style of learning is definitely uh, it's more like I just want to speak and listen. I've got really little interest in that's reading me. and writing. The book work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. I just want to learn from talking to the taxi driver from uh, to understand what he's asking any, me. I don't read in any other language than English. Yeah, <laughs> I'm such an I'm such an audio. Even even reading a book in English that I'm interested in, I'll start it and not finish it. I've just got this problem with. I just want to. It's just not interested enough for me. Uh, I just want to like speak to people. Want to understand what they're saying. <laughs> and my my yeah. problem with with reading in Spanish, for example, is that I don't. I want to. I want to hear it. I want to hear how it's pronunciated. You mm. know what I mean? Like the same thing in Catalan. Because in Catalan, I don't know how things are pronunciated yet. Yeah. So so I just want to. I don't want to read things. I want to. Preferably, so what I really like about like the easy Catalan videos, so like they have, you know how how they have like the easy languages videos on YouTube. What I really like about what I really like about them is that they have the subtitles always in that language. So in Catalan for me now, and in English, yeah, and it's beautiful because you hear it and then you read it simultaneously. Yeah, Yeah, just reading it is pointless. I I. I'm going to be the devil's advocate here because I am the, a little bit of the opposite. I really I enjoy studying and reading and like uh, yeah. writing things. And um, the feeling I get from like when I'm reading something without listening to a voice is like, I'm figuring everything out for myself. And I, that's mm. like, that's a feeling that I really like. Yeah. yeah but I mean, I think the difference you're talking about that is just, it, it's just the kind of learner you are if you're auditory or visual. So exactly. No, but Cody, how are you supposed to know how it's pronunciated? Yeah, like well, it's not like I audio. never listen to audio. Like I, I often listen to audio, but I also uh, once in a while like just reading things by itself. Yeah, I, I understand. Like I get that feeling sometimes when I actually like get my head on reading. But then mm-hmm. I, for some reason, I'm just like, I just find it too boring to find it harder to motivate myself to sit down and do it again. Um, even though that when I'm doing it, I might enjoy it, you know, and realize I'm, I'm getting something from this. Like with the Chinese yeah. characters, I, I've realized the only way I'm going to start learning to read is if I start writing these characters. Because oh, once it's gone through my God, brain. Oh, God, good luck. <laughs> and I, yeah, I started doing that like last summer, like when I was on the plane oh, to Vietnam. That, that's and a good I wrote point. Down, like 20 characters and I, I can read those characters, but then I just didn't keep it up because I just didn't have the discipline and just, oh, yeah, later, later, later. But I've just have not, never gotten to the habit. If I did, say I did 20 characters a week, I reckon I'd be able to read a lot by now. So, so that's a good point. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I write every day. Okay. I write every day in Spanish and Catalan. So I think oh, that would make, I think, a, make a big difference. I think. Yeah, writing is the best. Writing and listening; those are my two things. What are you writing? So I, what are you? Writing? I, I have a, a journal. Okay. My journal okay. in Catalan and okay. Spanish, and it's it's that's the best way because yeah. because writing is the best way of thinking. I'd yeah, argue yeah, like gives you a best way to time. clarify your thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's, it's production. Yeah. It's just like speaking. It's another version. Yeah, for me, mm. I think when I when I speak, I remember, um, and then writing is equally powerful. Yeah, and again, I'm yeah, bit, when I write something, I remember it. Yeah, because you also see it as well. That's the other powerful yeah. thing about writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the oh. thing is, like, with when you're writing in Chinese, like, writing in Chinese is a completely yeah. I was just, just about to be it's, my next question. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, it's, it's more I, like I write pinyin. 
Like, I'm still yeah, I'm still like because when you're writing characters, it's uh, it's like it's almost like drawing a picture and memorizing uh-huh. how to draw pictures instead of just like memorizing yeah. the sounds. Because don't the strokes like certain strokes come first from certain direction? Yeah. Oh yeah, they're so so fussy about the audio. It's got to be done right. <laughs> yeah, they're very particular uh, yeah. about it. Yeah. And basically, like all the characters are composed of what they call radicals. So What's those a radical are like, again, exactly? similar strokes that you will see in certain patterns of characters. Like for example, there's a radical for water. There's a radical for person and like for earth and etc. And, and you build um, upon if, those, right? You build. Upon yeah, it, yeah, exactly. If you see that radical in a character, you know it probably has something to do with that idea. Right, right. It's all like the associations. It's like, it's like a hint here. And then when I when I started looking at the Chinese characters, I thought, oh, when I saw like the character for water, or, you know, and it had some kind of like it looked like droplets. I thought, oh, this this won't be too hard to decipher if everything is logical like this. <laughs> you realize like it's not logical at all. Like no. it's stuff, <laughs> it's stuff like the early Chinese that made sense. You know, we're like you know have these kind of stick figures, like a man bending over, like that's a man, that's a woman, and then they've changed over time to this elaborate thing that looks nothing like. You, you could not guess, right? You have to actually learn it. And I think, oh, pff, I've actually got yeah, to sit down and learn it. I forget that. <laughs> there's like, there's several types of like hints that you can get. And that's actually, you alluded to the first one. Those are called pictograms. So yeah. the, the that part of the character literally looks like what it's trying to say. Yeah, that's that's what I need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's really convenient. I like those. Yeah. And then there's other ones uh, that are sound based. So they actually, mm. they, they, they look and represent like how you would actually sound them. Um, oh, I don't want to say like an alphabet, but kind of like they give you a hint of like how to pronounce them. And, um, and then there's just like some other random ones that don't really make sense. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what do you miss about China? I'll just throw that out there, Cody. What's the main thing you miss when you think about it? What's the main thing I miss the- about China? Foods, um, like the comfortable lifestyle or what like <laughs> i you know what i miss this this is like a hard thing to translate but i miss like the now on the street i sort of yeah and that, that like, basically like i get craziness. yeah like yeah like the 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 liveliness on the street like the noise yeah. and action, and bustle. Like, there's just yeah, yeah like there's just never there's never a dull moment there and i just i Especially um, living in a place like like Western Canada, where <laughs> I think Marcus pointed this out before. It's like everything is just like so manufactured here. Like everything is just so like created. It's very yeah. like yeah, I wouldn't say industrial, Orderly. but but it's very um, yeah fabricated. Let's call it yeah. That. yeah. And in China is nothing like that. E- even though um, they've seen a lot of. Uh, They've seen a lot of growth in recent years. I, I don't know. It's like for me, I think if you're referring to the like old part of town, absolutely. Yeah. Um, or the the downtown, right? That's what I imagined about China. It's like like South America, like noisy, just mm. real. But where I live here, it's just like it's just like carbon copies of apartments that have all been built probably in the last few years, like Legoland. So it's kind of like it's <laughs> yeah, pretty, so that, that's, it's, and it's that's really quiet. Same, that's the same fabricated feeling you get in yep. some neighborhoods yep. in Calgary. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's yeah. how the developed world has been for a while. And it's starting to sort of go like that here in many areas. But yeah, yeah but still even got in the... China, even in China, it's got a different feeling. It's not the same as uh, as it is in Canada. Like if you go to a suburb in Canada, you can feel like it's just like you're on a movie set. 
Yeah, <laughs> like it's uh, just like it's true. so weird. But in China, like so even weird. if you're in like a fabricated neighborhood like that, like you can just go back on the street and it, like it feels like you're still in like some kind of a really unique place. Wasn't it like the colors of Asia too? Like, am I just kind of generalizing? Here? Yeah, because like, everything is so, so dense. Everything is so close together that like you, mm-hmm. there's always something interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah, you. I mean, you make me think of. Um, one of the houses I used to live in Medellin, it was a crazy street full of mechanics. The noise was unbelievable. So you had like, first you had all the, all the, all these macho guys working right underneath where my house was with reggaeton and like Radio X blasted up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they'd oh shout, oh, shouting like what they needed, tires and stuff, like cars yeah. everywhere. Then you had the street sellers walking by like, gobbles, gobbles, aguacates. Aguacate, aguacate. Aguacate. And those big, those big avocados, you know, the one, ones I'm talking about, yeah, like yeah. the super big ones. Man, I don't know if Colombia yeah. had or not, but in Nicaragua, there would just be massive speakers on top of cars. Yeah, that's they just out, drive around. The reggaeton. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Like, man, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe even more there. Uh, if we go back to China, uh, let's see. If, um, I, I just wanted to ask you though, what you missed because I'm just curious now that you've been away for a while. I'm just thinking if I went home now and I wasn't in China for a while because it's kind of feels like home at the moment like, what would i miss yeah. probably, probably this place because i could not imagine ever being able to pay for a place equivalent to this back home yeah that, <laughs> that's another having, thing. having a kind of yeah. part stroke full-time job teaching kids i'd be like fucking hell this would be like a sofa in a <laughs> in a wheelie bin or something you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's another thing i definitely miss uh and it's something that i'm like experiencing right now so that kind of hurts but um i mean it's all right i'm dealing with it so yeah, man, yeah uh, we all have, we all have times in life i was back with my parents in 2018 before i figured out to come here and um yeah um yeah we all go through those times don't worry man it's all part of the um it's all part of the ups and downs and you just so, enjoy being with your parents while you, while you get the chance. Yeah, Nick, for sure. Nick, how come you, yeah. how come you went to China? How come you went from being all about South America to, to go? Uh, it's China? a good question. Let's see the short answer. Um, it was time for something more actually formal and less stressful than this lifestyle of like being there and not knowing when you might have to leave and like, Oh, you could get a visa, but how, you know, um, so that was the first thing. I think Brazil was a very stressful time the way I left there because I really wanted to stay. I was really starting to do well with teaching in Sao Paulo, just working for myself. And um, But unfortunately, I couldn't get the visa to stay and do it like legally. So um, yeah, I just thought I need to go home and think. And then uh, it was a really nice summer. It was 2018 and you know I'm a massive football fan. So the World Cup was on and I could watch loads of that. And I was just teaching online a couple of hours a day. Um, you know for a Chinese company and the time difference with the UK was nice so I just work at like midday uh-huh. for a couple of hours when it was like evening time in China um, so that kept a bit of money rolling in but I was just living with my parents I didn't have to worry much about money anyway and it was the first time I'd lived at home properly for like seven years so I was just enjoying I guess being around my parents again and then um, and then yeah I was thought right I'm not going to rush into a decision and I started looking at I thought it's now the time to think about Asia because it was always at the back of my mind. Like, um, I love South America and I know that massive part of Asia. I was thinking more of places like Vietnam, Indonesia. Mm-hmm. It's like that kind of tropical vibe, that chaotic vibe that we're talking about that yeah. I know I would like because that's what I loved about <laughs> Colombia. And that's, 
yeah, have, it's so different to the UK. And I think that's why I love it so much. Um, so I was thinking that and China wasn't really in my mind. Um, but I, I did a CELTA course, you know, the Cambridge CELTA when back in 2015 when I was working in London. So I had like the best qualification to teach English. And I remember in that school there, one of the, there was like a sort of um, kind of like an offshoot to that, that teacher trainers was this Shane English schools, which is a school I work for now. And I remember a guy, a representative came and told us about all the opportunities to teach with Shane English schools around the world, if you're interested. Um, so I thought, Oh, I was trying to remember what the name was and I looked it up online one day and, um, yeah. And I saw the website, I saw like the money on offer in China was especially like crazy good, <laughs> which I thought, what, that's crazy. Like compared to other places. Uh, so I thought well, it's, I've been sort of like working in freelance style for a while. It would be nice maybe to actually work for a company again and, and make some decent money. Um, so that was, that was part of it. And then I don't know, it just became, just became clear in my mind one day that actually, because I was thinking China, I'll definitely go there one day because it's too big a country to ignore, you know, mm-hmm. but because of like all of the, all of the negative stuff and all the propaganda about China from our country. And I, having been a traveler, I know that you don't know a place until you go there. Hmm. So China's like, actually, that's, that's exactly where I want to go because <laughs> I need to see for myself what the hell yes. is this place all about. Yes. Um, so that was kind of like, and then I had a really, one of my closest friends from uni, um, he had a Chinese girlfriend. He met her when, when I was there with him and he had a relationship with her for a couple of years. So he, he went out to China um, and he is half English, half Iranian. So he's more in touch with sort of Eastern culture anyway. Um, so I spoke to him and told, told, shared my thoughts with him. And he was, yeah, he told me a lot, a lot of other things about China. Um, I don't know. And then one day it just became clear. Actually. Yeah. I really want to go for this. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it was quite fast. Once, once you said I had a couple of interviews and then it was, you can go to Yangzhou or you can go to this place in the far north that was somewhere near to North Korea. Um, and I could have gone in as a manager there for one of the new schools. And I thought, oh, it might be good to, at this stage, I've been teaching for a while to like be a manager right away. It would be quite exciting. Um, the city itself looked all right, but I, I <laughs> did a bit of research about it. Like it was freezing in, the winter time, like minus 14, 15, like Canada freezing. <laughs> we can't, we can't handle in the UK because like our cold winters are not really the same. <laughs> yeah, so. Right. But, but Nick, how, how would you describe living in China? Cause you know, you know, the propaganda that we're fed here through the media outlets, yeah. right? But like, what do you have yeah. to say to that? Um, yeah. I mean, I'd say since I've been living here, like I expected like most of that, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not that the stuff that's in the, the media back home is all completely false. I mean, it's probably, you know, it's just, there is some, there's a dark side to every, every like big country, right? Like we, we do the same things. Um, but in terms of how is it actually compared to what I thought it's yeah, kind of what I expected, like, um, <laughs> very different. Everything seems to be sort of the other way around here. And like, um, I don't know. It's just a way of thinking. It's just, yeah, it's more different than anything I experienced before. Um, but at the end of the day, there's, there are good people here. It's, it's people are laid back like Cody was saying. Cause my perception is that the quality of life in China is pretty high. 
even though you work a lot. You have to work a lot, but the quality of life is is very high in terms. Yeah, of I mean, it gets a massive country, but and yeah, it's improving lots too, right? Yeah, I mean, and I would say like it, it feels like a first world country to me where I've been living here. Like I haven't seen other parts of it, but um, the quality of but, the roads and stuff is a million times better than <laughs> where I'm from. Right, <laughs> but but people make a decent amount of money and they're able to go out and spend that money and. Oh yeah, I mean you know. that's that's a total myth if you think that like um I mean pe- most people are aware now. I hope that China is very very wealthy and it's um I guess it just right. took them a long took them a long time for for that to be distributed more around the population. But that's like that's clear. Yeah. So um, one thing that really really stuck out for me when I was in China was that um th- there's just like this collective sense of identity that they have that I've never seen anywhere else. And like, they have this very strong uh, nationalism and everyone very much identifies with it. And they, they have this uh, clear idea of where they want their country to go and how they feel about them and their relationship to the rest of the world. And just in terms of like, uh, like political opinions that everyone has, like everyone's like, just like generally on the same page like the whole debate culture that we have here in the west like is just like not really the same there like here i find like here like people just like it's almost like a hobby everyone just like talks about politics like just <laughs> yeah. just like a boring just boring hobby if you ask me yeah. <laughs> yeah but in china that doesn't really exist yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Reasons. <laughs> but, oh, I, yeah. Yeah. For yeah, obvious yeah. reasons. So yeah. I, I, I have another. Can we go back quick to the to the quality of life? Because yeah. because for example, here in Barcelona, it's a very interesting experience for me. Because you know, just talking to people here, people make a decent amount of money, right? But the cost of living is so high that you don't end up with a disposable income at all. Really, like people mm-hmm. can't afford to do other other things than paying rent and getting food and stuff which which and so people are still broke even though they make a good amount of money but in china how 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 does that work in china because people it's not just about the amount of money you make it's about the cost of living as well so yeah yeah Yeah, cost of living is um yeah cost of living is very very reasonable here it's pretty amazing considering um what's on offer i mean i guess yeah so we made the most important things is um rent a place to live and food right so both of those are f- much better than it would be in other like you know developed countries um the apartments especially um like this place here is actually three bedrooms it's kind of meant for like a a, a small family basically and then I'm, I'm able to afford it here um and it's fairly new as well so it's like you you have low quality because you know China produces a lot of stuff and they're used to sort of low quality stuff like to save money. So it's not like you'll always get high quality for the low cost, but the low cost option is there. And yeah, like you were saying in 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 Europe and Canada and America, it's just the low cost option is there, but it's much harder. It's much harder to find. <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's in terms of that like cost to life benefit it's really um it's really really good here so it's it's a because it's a big reason it's a big reason why people my, come yeah my perception is that china's turned into like some type of ultra neo-capitalist society where everyone's just buying things all the time meanwhile here in europe as you know people don't have any right. money because 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 we have such a real estate bubble here so rent is yeah. so expensive that 
your entire income ends up going to rent. You yeah. know? You're right. That's, I would mean, would you agree, Cody? I think like it's super consumer culture here now. No, I don't, it's not like the shopping malls are all full. I think people haven't fully adopted this crappy, uh, you know, European American S consumer culture yet, which is nice to see because it is just crap values for <laughs> a lot of people do. And it's there. I mean, they're just, they just build shopping malls everywhere, which is uh, um, it's... not great to see, but it's, it's just what they're doing now. It's their bubble. It's their time. It's really, it's really strong amongst young people and mm. it's, and it's only going one way. Like, I think, um, feels like it, yeah. It, it, yeah, to, to some extent, it almost feels like worse than it is here. Like they're like very yeah. focused on like materialism and consuming goods and things like that. And it's like, and especially just the way that they view waste too. Like there's yeah. just, especially with plastic, like you get anything, it comes in so much plastic. And like, yeah. even for example, I think one of the things that like really made me mad when I was there too, is like, if you went to like uh, get coffee or like bubble tea or something like that, they always give you, um, they always give you like this plastic bag to put it in. Yeah. And sometimes I, I kind of understand this. Like sometimes it's for people riding their mopeds. Um, but um most of some of the times like people are just walking around with them yeah and, like, i mean you know, that was the same that was the same in colombia right mark that used to annoy me in colombia like they'd give you a they, they try and give you a little separate plastic bag in a supermarket for eggs you know like oh you couldn't put them in the bigger bag you got and wrap it up <laughs> yeah, like, like, so, and you, you, we come from our countries you get used to this like you know thinking of using less and then you go you go back and most of the world is not like that. It's, we, we live in these so, countries where everybody's conscious about it. When I was China younger, change in that way. when I was younger, I never could understand why there's so much plastic in the oceans and why there is a big, why there's <laughs> uh, um, an entire piece of plastic, the equivalent size of Australia in the middle of the Pacific. I could never understand that because, you know, if you walk around in the U S or Canada or, or the UK, you never see plastic on the streets rarely. And it, to me, you know, like if I buy a plastic bag, I'm going to throw it in the recycling or whatever, right? It's gonna, it's gonna enter some type of process. It's going to be handled. Yeah. But when I went to Colombia, I finally understood why there's so much plastic in the environment. <laughs> yeah, Colombia is, is horrible for that. Like. It is horrible. Yeah. And Medellin's pretty good, but but other parts of Colombia is absolutely horrible. You can't you like, can't blame them. Like they 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 in terms of their sort of uh, progression of society and way of thinking that they're, they're behind, you know, they're in debt to our countries all their life and it's, it's like it's just the way it is there like they're not um, no, but yeah. people just throw plastic on the streets in the environment. Like you'd walk down the river valley and the entire river would be filled with plastic. Oh, yeah. Then that's, yeah, you'd hope that you'd expect that the people entire would, river. have a bit more sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. I was, like, I'm curious. so gross. Okay, so Cody, you kind of mentioned how like in China, like it's super unified. Is that kind of your point? Yeah. Now with that, they kind of have like a stronger or I'd argue like more clear long-term vision for themselves. So like, so with that development and then I guess trying to tie this in with languages, like, cause you guys are both like Nick and Cody being English teachers there. So how does English fit into this like education? Uh, like people are obviously getting more educated with more wealth going around and everything. Like, like is mm -hmm. English speaking more English? There's that view is like more prominent. You have higher status 
like you're advancing more economically in China? Yeah, that, yeah, mm. yeah. Like, so English ability is directly related to how China relates to the rest of the world. Okay. Yeah. So that, so that's like a strong, cause like you said, Nick, like your guys' school, that's an yeah. after hour school. That's not even like main school. Yeah. So it's kind of like Korean yeah. that way. It's like just education. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, to, to sort of what, what you were saying there um, about everything, I'd say they're unified in the sense that there's not really an option <laughs> to think Nothing in another way. <laughs> so like, no, but I see it. I'm, I'm, I'm exactly. trying to understand this whole thing. I see it in a positive and a negative way. It's not all negative. I don't mm. necessarily think that, um, you know, I'm not saying I them the, the communists. It's, um, it's nice because what Cody was saying, like when you don't, when you have this like lack of political debate, it's great. It's, um, I do not miss that one bit. Like, so I do not watch the news from back home at all. I just don't care. I don't want to hear about Brexit. I don't want to hear about what's going on between conservatives and labor and all that nonsense. It's, it's actually really nice to live in a place where, yeah, there's just this, there's this dude who's kind of like, <laughs> who's just permanently there <laughs> and that party's not going to change. And, you say that people are unified, but I think people are very like proud and nationalistic. Like some people are, but I'd say a lot of people are just, it's the opposite. It's like, there's no choice. Therefore they just didn't even think about it and they just get on with their own lives. Um, but at the same time, it's like this way of thinking is just, it's a bit suffocating. I mean, you see it in the school, like mm-hmm. everybody believes like the same thing, right? People don't mm-hmm. question stuff. Um, so like, English, yeah. Everybody wants to pay a lot of money for our school because they want their kids to get ahead. And, you know, this is the same in most countries, but in China, it's especially, like, crazy. Um, so that's why they, they're throwing their kids at you, like, sometimes younger than even three years old, trying to get them used to English, trying to push you towards a foreign Perfect. person there. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that's what they believe. Like, they, this is what society is telling them, is that if you want to get ahead, you, you need this rather than like actually is this nonsense like do we need to do this like maybe my kid doesn't want to speak english maybe he's you know i've said this many times like the kids are just really bad with languages but clearly have some other kind of talent you know why don't you just indicate to the parents you know what english isn't his thing he could be a great builder though he's awesome with the blocks (laughs) try and nurture try and nurture his other talents but like they can't even dare to suggest that to the parents because it's just we pay the money um for this you got foreign teachers they they will learn and um, I don't know. I don't know if in reality they they are like more open-minded than I'm giving them credit for. But it feels like, yeah, this is this is the way to live. You know, you it's the same with like relationships as well. It involves someone you need to be marrying them before the age of thirty. You, you should be mm. once 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 you marry them, the guy you've got to buy them a car. But nobody thinks like, well, we don't have to do it that way. You know, we could do it another way. Maybe yeah. we don't need a car. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. May- if, there, if there's like a new liberal thinking like youth coming through, I'm not sure. I haven't seen it yet living here. <laughs> right. But with such a big demand for English, like that's a golden opportunity. Like you guys took advantage of it. Like I remember when I was in yeah. university, I went to some of the promos, promotions about like teaching in China. And like, yeah. like I said, like 80% of ESL jobs in the world like are in Asia. So wow, yeah, Pretty yeah, like to go take advantage of it. Yeah. you guys have so yeah no i shouldn't bash it too much because we are we are let's let's be honest we're taking big advantage of it so oh no um That's yeah awesome. yeah but yeah i mean it's a unified thing it's an interesting it's something i've i always think about living out here and then it's um i guess you saw yeah. the best you saw it in its best light during the whole covid situation um compared to how we've dealt with it in the west i guess people just people will 
will do as they're told, you know, when it's necessary. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, I, know, I have no thoughts about that. So, like the Germans. Really... Almost. Go ahead, Mark. Accept it. That's just going to say, that's what happened to Germany, Germany initially, because Germany was, did really well with COVID, right? Because the Germans, they have a very good relationship with their government. Most of them, now there's, that's changing a little bit, but historically, few at least. Protests, no. few, few protests, yeah, have popped up now recently. But Germans are like smarter. They're, they're, they're smarter versions of British people. That's why we hate them. <laughs> yeah. They've like, they're, yeah. they're so, got so much in common with us, but they just do everything a little bit smarter. And when it comes yeah. to football as well, they're just a little bit like they hold their nerve. They always beat England. They always knock them out. And, uh, <laughs> the Germans are just too, just too perfect at everything. So. Cody, Cody, what were you going to say, dude? Um, I, I don't know. I don't remember. It's okay. So my, my question was, how's, how's the situation right now there? In yeah, because Nick, of- you've been there the whole time during this COVID thing, right? COVID. Yeah, it's been, I mean, I speak to people at home, obviously, I've got a friend in Mexico that still that still trains me, like my exercise trainer. And um, oh, nice. so I've heard about how it is um, in other parts of the world. So I feel feel really happy to be here because it's sort of, it's just gradually got better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, since the last time things were really strange, maybe was like sort of April time, like it was, things were pretty intense, um, you know, because I went away to Thailand during the time when it really kicked off here when I had the chance and then came back when our company said, we can start working again now and we're going to start working online. So if you want to come back and work, you can. Um, So I took full advantage of that. And since, since the first day of March, I've been working normally getting full pay. Um, We worked online for a period of three months. I think it was in March, April, May. And then sometime in the middle of June, we were back in the school and still like not completely normal because you know like the parents are now sitting outside the school rather than inside they've got these mm-hmm. cones where they try and sort of herd the students on one side and it's kind of like <laughs> feels like it's all pointless now it's just because of like government saying you know you've got to do these things and they get hands up on the door and stuff but nobody really cares anymore like the i guess in the last month or two like they've stopped being strict with masks in the shopping malls now that was the one place where it was still strict for quite a oh. while um, so yeah, I know that it's, it's definitely compared to like the other major mm-hmm. country, I guess you hear about it's, it's, it's five steps it, ahead. Here. It is frustrating to hear that China is more libertarian than Spanish in terms of COVID. Right now. <laughs> exactly. So that's what my friend keeps saying to me. It's like, my friends say, Oh, China is one of the most normal places to be in the world right now. Who'd afforded that? Yeah. Oh, from our, from our perspective, man, <laughs> you have to wear a mask here everywhere, outside, yeah. inside doesn't matter everywhere you have to wear a mask and now they have lockdowns in madrid again so you have to have a I piece mean, of yeah. document you have to p- have a piece of document with you if you go to the store oh, or anywhere Jesus. it's it's insane i mean yeah i mean it it, it does seem i I thought it's been insane the whole time because I mean, just for me just like the, the need for it for the lockdown doesn't really like the, the the amount of people that are sick from it doesn't really justify the for the for a national lockdown because it has so many bad knock-on effects in so many ways but yeah we could yeah. talk about that but that's interesting to hear that you guys don't even have to have masks anymore so yeah, what about testing I mean, is 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 testing if you available? if you leave if you leave a province so like here it's like province by province it's kind of you have this health code which basically is a like a stamp of like i'm i'm a resident of this province and i and it's clever that like when you when you travel on the train then and you come back you have to like scan again and then it 
so it knows where you've been. So it might change color if you've been to um, a province that's considered like a, a red zone. You know, um, hmm. this is very smart. This is yeah. something. I mean, that they're, they're miles ahead of this here. stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, we're they, not they, able to figure this out. Exactly. They they managed to implement this and that's one advantage of having people unified, like everybody using the same system, you know, everybody's using this, you know, WeChat or Alipay and um, they have this QR code. So yeah, before they implemented this health code, you could scan this thing. So it was kind of like a register of who's come in and out of places. And yeah, I mean, I just can't imagine back on them being able to implement that. (laughs) No, no. Something that China can do, you know, (laughs) pretty amazing. Yeah. No way here. No way. So yeah, life is, life is pretty much normal. Like it's, it doesn't, COVID thing is not really on your mind. It's only like oh, that's good. Oh god, I miss that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You should have stayed, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. I remember telling you when I was in Thailand, like, don't go, man. You you have the chance to stay. Buddy, <laughs> you up messed up, dude. You messed up. No, but I, mean, I don't blame. I, I don't blame. Canada is a good spot. To be, or Western Canada is a good spot. Calgary is a pretty good spot. To be I I don't regret. For the record, I don't regret coming back. I I'm glad I'm home. Yeah, right? To be honest, to we be honest, like, no. Nobody, <laughs> nobody would have expected it to to go that i at that stage there's no way i would have guessed it it was going to be a problem in canada it was going to be a problem in the uk like, i didn't see that yeah. coming so to be fair like yeah <laughs> i understand why you would mm-hmm. right it was all bad here wasn't it at the start it was all spotlight on china it feels like so long ago now <laughs> yeah yeah but but, but yeah uh, I was going to say, that, that, especially in Spain here, it, it, it really feels like the politicians don't really know what they're doing and, and they're not afraid of, of taking extraordinary measures to control the population. Which, yeah, I mean, Spain has a bit of a history of that. <laughs> yeah, especially in Madrid, right? Yeah. Here in Barcelona, it's a little bit more anti-lockdown. What were those? Uh, you say there's a little bit of uh, some protests happening there, Marcus? Oh yeah, yeah, a little bit of protest. So, so people little, still are are people are still a little bit are still German here. They still have the German attitude in terms of like it's it's they understand that it's it's a bad thing and that it's out there. But but the whole lockdown thing here, I don't think Barcelona's. Oh no! Again. Oh no! Sorry, I was referring to the Catalan independence. Oh yeah, nah, it was nothing. So I, I was talking to my friend, and he said that that, that that was nothing. That was nothing. It was just so every time there's a big any type of pro independence manif- or manifestacion mm-hmm. here, the the Spanish media blows it up because it's the Spanish media, and they want to make sure that everyone has resentment towards Catalonia, right? But it was it was like a hundred people that were out, which is nothing compared to three years ago, right? Uh, and they lit one dumpster on fire. That was it in the middle of the street. But, but I mean, like compare that, in, compare that to three years ago when there were millions mm-hmm. of people out. Yeah, but what are you doing now? Are you, um, are I'm you doing working a, now? Are you juggling? Yeah, I'm doing like an internship, I guess you can. Call oh, it yeah, nice. At, at the university. So yeah, that's that's what I'm here. Is it like um, uh, the main the main university in Barcelona? Is there are so Barcelona? many universities here, yeah. but it's technically the main one. It's it's the Universitat de Barcelona. Um, nice. so it's that's one of five big ones here. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, cool. that's what people tell me. The the Barcelona has like five of the six biggest universities in all of Spain. There's oh like a really Olivia. big one in Madrid, Madrid uh-huh. as well. But yeah, so I'm I'm up. Have you been to Barcelona? 
Yeah, I have um, a couple of times. Beautiful place. Yeah, um, beautiful. So, so my yeah. my my facultat is mm. right next to Camp Nou. Oh, amazing! On on mm. diagonal, on diagonal. So I bike on diagonal to work every day. You you lived in Barcelona in the the historic period when Messi threatened to leave, but staying. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Pe- people people here want him to leave. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, people. Pe- some people. Some people want him to stay. But it's kind of split. But the the diehard Barca fans, they want him to leave. They're like, okay, if you want to leave, go. Basta. They want Basta. you. People, the the diehard the diehard Barca fans here they don't like him because he doesn't speak Catalan. Oh really? <laughs> oh god, yeah, that's that's the <laughs> that's, that's actually the pride a thing. Like, yeah, no, seriously, yeah. I guess they've okay. got they've got a lot of pride, haven't they? Like, yeah, it's got like really? a lot of pride. A lot Montreal of pride. Canadians they always get yeah. pissed when their uh, their coach doesn't speak French. But yep. I mean, I I can understand that I can understand it a little bit because Messi's been a how long like a, a hell of a long time, but you know the. The, yeah. uh, the, he is foreign. <laughs> he is foreign, but he he he's a product of La Masia, so. Yeah. But now 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 we have you can't a new keep guy. everybody An- happy. <laughs> now yeah. we have the new guy Ansu Fati. You know him. Um, Ansu Fati. Ansu, well, a, a new new he's player. Born, yeah, new player. He he okay. scored. I think he scored four goals in two games so far. Born two thousand and three. 2003. Pinche Holden. Wow. And he's a young kid. He's, he's kicking Cito. ass. He's kicking ass. Good. Well, they need, they need that right now. Because, I um, have his jersey. If, if, I have his jersey right here. If Liverpool go yeah. there this year, they're going to kick Barcelona's ass, I think. <laughs> so what? Is he like the next Messi or what? Yeah, he's the next Messi. Manchester. Be, be careful not to talk him up too soon. But like, if he's 17 and already playing in the team, then he must be... No, no, no. He's 17. He's 17 and he's the best player on Barca. <laughs> Oh my God, that's crazy! Damn, yeah. so fun. Uh, so people are pumped. He—he's—he's—I don't know exactly. He's—he plays for the Spanish national team, but I think his—he came here as a as a kid, as a little kid, as a child, um, from somewhere in Africa. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, I'll, have to, I'll have to see. I hadn't heard yet, but it, you know, uh, it wouldn't have been long before I heard about it. Really. Yeah, I would have got the news soon. <laughs> Marcus, get in a Catalan class with Messi. And... Yeah, no. So yeah. I, I'm not going to say that he doesn't speak any Catalan, but he doesn't sp- He apparently, people say no. that he knows some Catalan and that he's kids because his kids go to school here. Yeah, so if yeah. you go to school here, everything's in Catalan. So it's imagine these diehard Catalan guys like, sing a song, Leo. Sing a uh, song. Yes, <laughs> yes but pe- pe- people 100% Catalan, prove it. <laughs> Right, right. But he doesn't speak, he speaks Castellano and, and todos los entrevistas, which pe- pisses people off. Well, you know, you can't please everyone. Yes, yes. The only one who <laughs> yes. consistently speaks in Catalan right now in, in los entrevistas is uh, Piquet. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's as far he's as Barcelona through and through, isn't he? Yeah. So, but apparently, apparently Shakira speaks uh, well Catalan. She speaks good Catalan. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure if she if she hadn't met Pique, probably wouldn't, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but she she's apparently a polyglot. She speaks yeah, a bunch of languages. She's, she's like, maybe she has Lebanese heritage. <laughs> yes, exactly. She might she be some Arabic. Speaks, yeah. So we've gone we've gone to Shakira now. Is it time to wrap it up? Or? <laughs> yeah. No, we've come full circle. We started in Colombia. Back to Shakira. Yeah, yeah but maybe maybe yeah. we can get Shakira on the pod. Oh, eventually. Oh, I'll see if I can oh. find her. She lives here in Barcelona. Really? Dude, give yeah, it a go, man. 
What where she has doing? a house. What do you go find her? <laughs> <laughs> Knock on the gate. Shakira, Shakira. Lingaholics podcast. Hey, Let's go. <laughs> oh, C C C C C. Claro. Dude, we should do Shakira's. <laughs> we should do Shakira's the intro music this up. Yeah, we could do that. That'd be fun. Yeah, we saw some Chinese. There's some Chinese. We've all got the look for that, so yeah, why not? Yeah. So, Sweet. So you wanna cool. Do you want to wrap so wait, this up? first of all, yeah, let's wrap this up. But okay. Nick, what t- what time is it there? It is now eleven twenty-eight. So oh, okay. one so reason getting... why maybe I should. <laughs> yeah, it's time for yeah. you to go to yeah. bed. It's it's time for me to start prepping for my 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 lesson yeah, in Castellano. Man. Castellano. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two hours here. Sick. Three hours. I got a I got a Deutsch one tonight. Nice. You got, and what about you, Cody? What do you got going on? I got family day. Family. Yeah. All right, Ian and I are gonna keep at it, and then Nick, you're going yeah, to bed, okay. and Cody, yeah, like Cody's work. got family day. But yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, thank you, Nick. That was that was super fun. Damn, yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks, awesome. guys. Yeah, that was yeah, fun. enjoyed um, it. Yeah, episode so, twelve. Episode twelve. Give me a so, give me a shout when it when it goes up. I'm sure Cody will soon. Yeah, soon, yeah, sure. it's gonna go up soon. I'm gonna do this immediately. Sure. All right. Yeah. Peace All out, right. Brothers. Nice one, guys. All right, boys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Take it easy, man. Yeah. Nice to see you, man. Zaijin. 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 Zaijin.